0: welcome back today on the podcast i talk with dr sabine hazen she is a gastroenterologist and the focus of our conversation is building a healthy microbiome and a healthy gut biome and the importance of us having a healthy microbiome and gut biome in defense of viruses and diseases and especially COVID 19 right now she is running clinical trials completely funded by herself and her colleagues Um, in defense of COVID-19 having a healthy microbiome and they're having some amazing breakthroughs. The microbiome and your gut can tell you so many things about your body and your health, but the problem is none of us actually listen to our body. So that's what we talk about, how to build a healthy microbiome, how to listen to your body, how to pay attention to your gut and what your gut is telling you. Um, she She is a lady with a ton of energy and a ton of passion about what she's doing and I think you'll get a lot from the conversation. I truly enjoyed it. I can't wait to see what she continues to do and uh, before jumping into the conversation, we got to talk about Engineered Sleep. Engineered Sleep is a mattress manufacturer. I love the team of Engineered Sleep. They do an incredible job and their main goal is to Find, finding the right mattress for you as easy as possible and that is exactly what they do as somebody that has purchased my last three mattresses from Engineered Sleep. I love their mattresses. They make it super simple for you to purchase one from them and they're local. They have an amazing products. You can go visit them on their website at engineeredsleep.com, or you can go visit them at their showroom in Greenville, South Carolina. Either way, reach out to the team at Engineered sleep and use promo code live 10 and you will get 10% off your order. So stop putting sleep on the back burner, reach out to the team at engineered sleep, use promo code live 10 and get 10% off your order and start living healthier. So, Once you listen to the episode and you enjoy it, pass it along to some friends and family. Give us a nice five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Sabine Hazen. Welcome to Live Life in Motion, where the goal is to bring you conversations that give you the power of education so you can use those tools to optimize your life on a personal and professional level to better yourself, your community, and those around you. Dr. Sabine Hazen, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have you on, and I think a lot of my friends and even my fiancé would laugh today when I told them that we're going to be talking about the microbiome, the GI tract, because I was never one to talk about that sort of stuff a lot. but as I've become more educated and I've listened to you so much, um, there's really so much we can discover and really tell about ourselves and our health through right. through your search and, and what you've done. So let's kind of start back from the beginning. And I had to look it up earlier this morning, but what is a gastroenterologist?
1: So a gastroenterologist is a doctor that specializes in the bowels, right? So the bowels is from the esophagus all the way to the rectum so it's all those gi uh organs and then uh, add on top of that the liver and the pancreas so anything that is you know diseases of the esophagus the stomach the small bowel the colon the gallbladder uh, liver pancreas is gi in the realm of gi and epithology so it's a whole fellowship uh, of three years of basically looking at the bowels and if it's you know, I like to think of GI as basically, you know, from one end of the of the bowels to the other. So it's like a big hose. And if it's not in the bowels, then it's probably something else. So that's what GI is all. What um
0: talking about the microbiome, what can what is so important about us paying attention to the microbiome and what can we do to maybe see alert or things going on within our own microbiome?
1: So the microbiome is really microbes that are all around us, right? It's that, you know, uh, diverse microbiome world that is surrounding us, but also in our body, making up our bodies. And um, every single organ, you know, has microbes, you know, from your eyes to your bowels, to your blood, to everything has microbes. Um, And then when you step out into the world, that you're surrounded by more microbes, but you just can't see them. So, and microbes that are bacteria, viruses, fungi. You know, when you start paying attention of the foods you're eating, the foods are really microbes, right? I mean, a yogurt is full of bacteria. Those are microbes. So I know my husband started paying attention and I said, you know, that's some good bacteria in your yogurt. He's like, what? I'm eating bacteria, that's disgusting. So you have to pay attention. Now, what's amazing about what I specialize in, which is the gut microbiome, which is the gut, the the colon, uh, the bowels, the the microbes in the bowels, it is really the end all. It is all the excrements from everything in your body that just ends up in the gut. You know, when we found COVID-19 in the stools of 100% of patients we tested, we found them because we knew that they, that COVID would end up eventually in the colon. You know, when you have a cold and you feel better after you've had that bowel movement, right? And you know you've evacuated everything. You've evacuated that virus. You've evacuated that, uh, you know, infection or that food poisoning, right? What is food poisoning? It's just an overaccumulation of microbes in that hamburger that you're eating but eventually leaves your body because that's the purpose of it. So the microbiome is just trillions of bugs that we need to understand better from viruses to fungi to bacteria. They're not there to kill us. They're basically there to keep us in balance. We have to keep them in balance so that they don't kill us. And that's really the whole world of the microbiome.
0: What are some common microbiome or GI tract issues that you come across?
1: I mean, so many, right? I mean, uh, you know, at the beginning of my uh, path in GI as a gastroenterologist, uh, you know, we used to see a lot of ulcers and reflux and, you know, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. These were all the big, you know, um, diseases that were defining gastroenterology, right? And I think what happened is as you start looking at the microbes in the gut, for example, for with H. pylori, You learn from H. pylori. You learn that actually to treat H. pylori, you need combination therapy, right? When you see a microbe like Clostridium difficile, which causes diarrhea from taking antibiotics, you learn from that, like, how do I fix that? So GI is really, um, those are the main diseases. But when you start looking at other diseases, like Parkinson's, you start noticing that Parkinson's actually starts with constipation, MS constipation, Um, you know, patients with with uh, ALS or neurological problems tend to have digestive problems to begin with. You know, the patient will tell you why I had trouble swallowing to begin with. That was already the first sign that there's a neurological, that there's a gut impairment. When you talk to autistic children and we're doing microbiome transplant on these children, when you talk to them, You see, you ask the parents, does your kid have any GI problems? And they'll say, yes, actually, that was the beginning. That was the first thing that I started noticing in my child was constipated or diarrhea or bloating or miserable and not even really being able to to tell that story. So I think we have to pay attention. When I started this whole world of understanding the microbiome, um, mainly because I was seeing microbiome transplant doing something else than what I was trying to accomplish, right? So here I am trying to fix C. diff and my of arthritis is improving. So, you know, that brought on the question, what did I do to improve arthritis? And then when I had a patient with Alzheimer's who I changed his flora, changed his gut, fixed him up, started noticing that his memory came back and he would remember his daughter's date of birth. I started asking the questions, well, what am I doing when I'm changing the microbiome for a patient to remember his daughter's date of birth? And so that was the beginning. Um, What was happening is that it opened the world of looking at microbes, and I didn't want to do it as a commercial lab because I didn't want to be perceived as, you know, I'm just selling a a tool or stool sample, you know, like so many labs out there. I started doing it as a research center to understand the microbiome with, at the beginning it was 42 clinical trials, we're up to 57 clinical trials, because every day people come to me and say, I have Lyme disease, can you see if I have a microbiome dysbiosis, Mm -hmm. you know, I have migraines, can you see if I have a microbiome dysbiosis, and you know, happy to report that actually all, everything that Hippocrates said 2,500 years ago is right, All disease begins in the gut and we need to focus on that. So So
0: that was going to be my next question. I was wondering, do these problems in your microbiome, are they caused by something else or whatever you're putting into your body? Where does that, where does it come from?
1: It's, it's a domino effect. So what we learned from Clostridium difficile, which is the bacteria that brought us to this world of understanding the microbiome. Uh, We learned that if you give that antibiotic for an infection in the mouth, for example, the dentist gives you 10 days. Well, the dentist is giving you that antibiotic to fix that mouth infection, but it's going in your gut, right? So yes, it's giving you immunity to fight this, but it's also killing families of microbes in your gut. And so that starts the domino effect. You start with a bug that you got, from whatever, um, you know, didn't brush or didn't do something or ate something. And then you end up with taking something else to fix the problem, but then you're breaking something else. I always say this is like a transmission of a car. When you have a transmission of a car and you see that big, you know, transmission, if you break it down, it's actually 880 pieces in the transmission. Most people don't know that because they look at that solid sam- thing and say, oh my God, this is like, you know, a transmission, but actually it's 880 pieces. One piece in the transmission gets broken, another piece gets broken and another piece and another piece. Pretty soon the transmission is broken, right? I mean, eventually that's what happens. One piece breaks the transmission. Now you can fix that piece, but then you're gonna break the second one and the third one and the fourth one, and you're still with a broken transmission. So what do we do when we have a car problem We fixed the transmission, right? Because we have to start over. We're not going to fix, 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 fix. And that's really, mankind has been, you know, focused on a one problem, one pill solution. Microbiology, the foundation of microbiology is one bacteria, one antibiotic. But it's not that way. It's actually more complex than that. It's one bacteria one antibiotic but then you're killing 20 other microbes and what were those microbes doing in your gut that was protecting you
0: mm-hmm. have we seen this get worse as prescriptions have gone up and we've just continued to use yeah
1: 100 percent. you see in 1980 the rate of and then let's just focus on autism or even obesity let's focus on obesity right um, if you look at 1980, the rate of obesity was not as high around the world, right? Now, obesity is, is all over. It's in islands in Karabati, where, you know, that population used to be skinny, eating fish, vegetables, fruits. Now they're, you know, globalizing and eating foods from America and microbes from America, China, and they messed up their microbiome. And, you know, the chips with the, salt, the, the Coke, Mm -hmm. That's horrible for the microbiome of a person that was raised on fish and vegetables. So every action leads to a reaction. You give that diet Coke, you're killing something. Or that Coke, you're killing something. You're giving fat, you're killing microbes. We just had a paper published with um, University of Arizona, where basically we gave fatty meal to mice and we noticed that their microbiome changed, became dysbiotic. Right. And then the mice started having inflammatory changes. We proved what we already knew. You give yourself a fatty meal. You're going to gain weight. Your microbiome is altered. And that's going to bring on more diseases. So when do we stop and say, okay, I got to get a hold of myself. I can't keep taking pills. My, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm either loved as a doctor or I'm hated (laughs) because I tell the truth and I will tell the person that's 300 pounds to lose weight. I'm not gonna keep giving them medications over medications because that's not the answer. The answer is move more, eat less, that's it. And so, you know, patients will be like, well, I'm having heartburn. Well, yes, but then I'm gonna keep giving you the the medication to allow you to eat the steak and then you're gonna gain more weight. Mm -hmm. So when do we stop and take responsibilities as patients as human beings to say you know what the onus is on me to fix myself i cannot rely on my doctor for 10 minutes my naturopath my my nutritionist i got to fix myself there's so much on in the internet right now with education on how to eat healthy mm-hmm. gut health is all over i mean thank god for all you guys that are doing a great job at educating people we need to we need to go there we need to tell america get on your bike start losing weight, stop with the pills, and and get back to health because, you know, right now we're not in health. Reason America is in the state that it's in with COVID is because there is no gut health. Mm -hmm. You know, we're popping pills like there's no tomorrow. We're being branded to take more medications, more medications. You know, think about it, A, a patient comes into my office, he's got 20 medications. I mean, if I had to be on 20 medications, as a reminder that I'm immortal, that I'm going to be dying every day. That's not a life. You got to stop all that and start re-strengthening yourself. Become a warrior as a patient. I make my patients be warriors. I'm not here to give them a bunch of pills. I'm here to tell them, get off your bed, get off the couch, start walking, because that's what's needed.
0: Live Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Engineered Sleep. Engineered Sleep is a mattress manufacturer and they are based out of Greenville, South Carolina. They have been making mattresses for as long as I can remember. And their main goal is to make finding the quality mattress for you as easy as possible Um, they have a showroom in greenville but you can also visit them at their website in engineeredsleep.com if you go to their website use code live 10 and you will get 10 percent off as you guys know sleep is the number one thing you need to focus on for good health and it all starts with your mattress so stop putting it on the back burner go get yourself a mattress from engineered sleep and start living a better life what, what are some, so, you know, you hear people all the time say they have GI track issues, they use the restroom too much, they, you know, are too gassy, they have heartburn, they have all these things, but they continue to eat the things they eat and live the lifestyle that they're living. What are some warning signs or when you see it cross that line where it's like, we really have an issue here?
1: I think anytime you start having a GI problem, that's your first sign. You know, your bowel movement is not as regular or you're bloated or you're gassy. That's your first sign you're doing something wrong. And I think you need to take the onus and look at your diary and say, what did I change in my diet? What was I taking? Well, why was I fine before? And then something happened and I got not fine, right? So I think that's the first thing is looking into what you eat. So too often in a a patient's life, I will tell them to do a diary. And I will say, do the time, write your time of what you're eating, when you're eating, and then write me the time of when you're having the symptom. Because then that kind of tells me in that simple diary, what was the food that could have been the culprit? So a person that eats, you know, corn chowder at two (laughs) o'clock and then at five o'clock gets gassy bloated. Well, you don't have to go very far. You just have to go to the corn chowder, right? Yeah. Corn is probably one of the worst foods you could put in your bowels. It doesn't get absorbed. You could eat a kernel, swallow it. That'll be in your bowels. So there's nothing nutritional about corn or popcorn uh, for that matter. So <laughs> I think, you know, but we've become a society that's like, oh, movie, let's go eat popcorn, you know? So it's it's branded, it's habits. We need to get off those habits.
0: Have you? Has there been a connection between pretty common daily medication, like an Advil or a Tylenol that can end up messing up your gut?
1: Well, you know, I had a case uh, of a radiation oncologist about 20 years ago, who took an aspirin and ended up in the hospital with a GI bleed and almost died. Mm -hmm. And so anything you put in your bowels, you know, can have an effect on your body and can definitely be, you know, how many people are dying from just taking aspirin over the counter? because they don't realize you have to take it with food or you have to make sure you take it for the right reasons. So any medication, anything you put in your body has a risk of causing uh sequelas. So I think, you know, you gotta be aware of what you're putting And By the way, it's not only medications, it's also all the herbs. How do you know an herb has what it says it does? Who does the quality on that? How do you know a vitamin is what's in there who does the quality on that there's no quality it's over the counter for all you know vitamin c is actually not vitamin c but some carrots that somebody put together and sold in a bottle the probiotic world actually raised that a lot because um, if, if you look at the data 16 there's a paper that showed that 16 out of 17 probiotics over the counter are actually not what it says it is that's scary. And also, are those probiotics contaminated? What was is that stat? 16 out of 17 probiotics over the counter is not what it says on the label. And I will tell you, I test it in my lab, right? Because we have a genetic sequencing lab. So we put the, the probiotic, which is bacteria, in a tube and we sequence it in library prep, put it through the machine. And I will tell you that the majority of patients that come to me with GI problems, is because they started taking that probiotic that they thought had bifidobacteria, Mm -hmm. but actually was contaminated with something else. Where are all those probiotics, vitamins, herbs made? Where are they? In factories. What are those people doing when they're filling in these capsules? You know, they're probably coughing on Mm -hmm. them. Who's watching that? Who's watching the contaminations process? Is it a, you know, a GMP lab that's doing it? That's a different level that's monitored by the CAP and CLIA laboratory. But the majority are just pushed out and nobody's really supervising very well for that.
0: Do you, do you have, have a trusted source?
1: Yeah, I have a bunch of trusted source. I mean, I've, I've affiliated myself. You know, I'm in the pharmaceutical world doing clinical trials for pharma. I've become very astute at which company is very legit and which company is not uh, because i know if a company is trying to you know make their data look a little bit better that's not someone i would trust and therefore i i blacklist that company from my (laughs) repertoire of drugs i think we have to start looking at companies and their their past records right because that's really what determines whether um a drug product is good or not so i think uh yes so but there's a bunch of labs that i trust and there's a bunch of uh you know scientists that i trust and i think at the end it's who you know and who you trust and who you know will not put a dollar sign in front of humanity and is doing things right i have been in this business of putting drugs to market for pharma um with the intent to alleviate the problem so you know, yes, on one hand, too much drugs because patients require people, patients want it, right? If we did not give, um, if we did not have a product or if patients didn't want something, we wouldn't have the massive amount of drugs that we have right now, right? But patients want it because it's much easier to take a pill to be happy mm-hmm. and to put yourself than to do the work, to meditate, to do yoga, to put yourself in a situation that you're happy, right? So I think, you know, it's not that hard, but unfortunately for some people it is hard. So they need medications. So pharmaceutical companies over the years, you know, I think I've done over a couple hundred trials. And so I've gotten to know a couple of companies and a couple companies, you know, are legit in my opinion. And I, I, I like working with them. Usually those are the companies that are owned by physicians uh, because they have an ethical, um, you know, behavior they don't want to have their names tarnished and so i think you know when you see companies that are owned by businessmen you have to ask the question is this about the dollar sign and the price of a stock or is this about humanity because at the end of the day the makeup of a physician and the training to become a physician is much different than the training to become a a businessman right and will want to sell 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 and make money and it's all about the numbers a physician will be all about saving lives, at least the right physicians.
0: Is there, say you find a trusted source for whatever it might be, are there certain vitamins or supplements you would recommend people taking for your microbiome health?
1: Well, right now what we did is we actually uh, did hire a lab for, so I'm doing clinical trials on COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are when we do clinical trials, you have to make sure it's the same product you give for everyone. Part of our um, clinical trial is adding a vitamin and a nutrient component to the protocol. And so I didn't trust, you know, the CBS brand or other brands because it's not, a, you know, I I didn't really see any data on the microbiome with those. So I basically started working with a lab uh, that is in America, that's in California. And I asked my pharmacist, I have a compounding pharmacist at Beverly Hills who made me the compound of vitamin C, D and zinc in one capsule. And so basically what we did is we started putting it in all our clinical trials. My hope is to show the government and the FDA that we need to start incorporating vitamins and nutritional supplements into these clinical trials to see the data and to see the validity of the data Because if I can show that a pure vitamin C, D, and zinc compound can improve the microbiome, but also improve health and help Mm COVID-19, then that's the beginning, right? Because I'm putting my name on that product, on that vitamin. And so um, that's the first. Um, I took a product of vitamin C, D, and zinc, incorporated in all my protocols for COVID. Um, And hopefully we're gonna start having vitamin protocols or vitamins go through FDA to at least say, look, these are vitamins are fine. And at least there's a liability here, right? Mm-hmm. Because if something happens, you have, you know that that product is trusted. You know, there's a quality. I take all my products myself and I test on myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm always the guinea pig. Cause we have a our lab, our genetic sequencing lab, not only found COVID in the stools, but we have markers for different diseases and we also have a great marker for immunity that we're gonna be coming out with. And so the importance of that microbiome, of that assay is that it allows me to test myself. So let's say I take something kefir and I wanna see is kefir improving my microbiome. Well, my microbiome is only gonna change on the microbes that I incorporate because we have such an assay that I can test myself before and after and I'm gonna see the change. I can test my stools today, I can test them in a week, in a month, in a year, it's gonna be the same signature microbiome, which is very, very difficult to perform. To get to that level for us, we have to create very, very um, harsh standard operating procedures that we have to follow. If we miss one, you know, one pipetting, right? or we do something that's outside the procedure, we're not gonna get the same result on the assay. So standardized operating procedure is the way we do research, is the way we show the data. A validated, verified, reproducible assay is how we show that a drug is working, a vitamin is working, a a, a bifidobacteria product is working, and that's what we need to start focusing on. Our goal, and the reason I joined myself with all these physicians, that do microbiome transplant is, because we as the physicians on the front line doing microbiome transplant, bringing new innovations to the market, we wanna have the pharmaceutical companies geared them to look at the microbiome, to say, okay, guys, you have a structure, you have a company that's developing all these meds, but what if we make your meds better? Incorporate nutrition and uh, not nutrition, but nutrients to your meds or microbes to your meds that enhances the performance, right? When we see melanoma is improved with a certain chemotherapy, but added to it microbiome transplant, and we see there's something that we did in the microbiome to support the the care of the patient and melanoma is improved, you have to pay attention. You have to say, okay, well, I can give the chemo drug, to the patient for colon cancer, but I'm gonna kill the patient because all I'm doing is shooting, shooting, shooting the colon. I need to boost the colon, the immunity, to fight the chemo, to fight this cancer removal, right? With COVID-19, my treatment was really that. It was basically kill the virus with whatever product that is a biome blaster. And then boost the microbiome to take that virus and flush it out. Wow, Bacteria is bigger than, than viruses, by the way. So you need strong bacteria sure. to fight viruses. Um,
0: so I started taking C, D, and zinc early on in when COVID came out. Have you been able to prove the benefits of taking maybe a combination of those three?
1: So I'm doing it. So it's part of my clinical trials. I have 200 doctors right now. Uh, so the, the screen is blurred behind because I don't want to, my charts are up the ceiling. mean, <laughs> you know, I came to my office, there's, there's like 300 charts that I have to sign. Um, you know, we I have 200 doctors on the, on my protocol right now for prophylaxing. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, without saying what they're doing, but they're doing great. So, and the word got out, you know, when I posted that clinicaltrials.gov that basically had a product with the vitamin C, D, and zinc, April 2nd, everybody got to see vitamin C, D, and zinc. Why vitamin C and D? Because we're going to show, we're going to show you first that the microbiome in COVID is altered. Patients with COVID have lost They're good bacteria. That's why COVID entered. They Mm -hmm. couldn't sustain it because of the foods, the diet, the fatty food, the obesity, you know, you look at the people that are, um, you know, overweight, those are the people that got COVID because, and that are having a hard time fighting because they don't have any good microbes Mm -hmm. in their gut completely disappeared. Like we showed in the mice with, with the microbiome. So I think what, um, what COVID is going to show is basically that marker of immunity. What we're going to show with vitamin C and vitamin D is that marker increasing. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important key. So your biome boosters are your vitamin C and your vitamin D to begin with. Linus Pauling was right. And we just need to pay attention, but unfortunately there's no money to be made on vitamins, Uh, but we need it. That's the only way to get out. So I think, you know, if anything I push out of, covid prophylaxis is get your vitamin c get your Mm -hmm. vitamin d get your zinc you know get it from a a good source we are um you know we we post ours on our website of progena biome because that's what pays for the research um if people want to get them but essentially you know there's a lot of brands out there that are american-made companies that are trusted that i'm sure you know work very well out there for promoting health Mm -hmm. um the second thing is Get your yogurt, eat your yogurt, drink your kefir, and then get on that bike, exercise, (laughs) lose the weight. If you're having that tire around your belly, that's not going to help you when you have COVID. Every patient of mine with COVID, I tell them to sit upright. Why? That are overweight. Why? Because to sleep upright. Why? Because when they're laying down, that big belly is pushing on their stomach, pushing on the acid. Bringing that acid up in their esophagus back into their lungs. And now they're having worsening of their COVID in the lungs with the acidic product Uh that's coming from the stomach into the lungs. Dang. So, micro aspirations, et cetera. So, I think that's very important as we get onto the next stage of COVID for people to start thinking, lose weight, be healthy, exercise, don't drink a lot of alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. just you, know, one glass of wine improves the microbiome, but one bottle of alcohol is not, is going to sterilize your whole microbiome. That's for sure. So, you know, I think it's all about gut health for me.
0: I love it. And what you're saying is giving me reassurance in what I've been doing. So it makes, makes me feel good. Is there uh, some simple foods? I know you mentioned corn earlier as a bad food. Are there a few simple foods for bad and good, so can... I,
1: I'm a fan of fennel. I like fennel. I mean, just clean it. It's actually really good for the gas, for gas pain, bloating, etc. cetera. Um, you know, I like salmon uh, because of the vitamin D in it. Uh, I'm not a fan and people are shocked when I tell them I'm not a fan of too much greens. Greens tend to be gassy, especially if you don't have the right microbiome to sustain it. Um, I'm a fan of uh, moderation. Everything is moderation. Uh, I'm not a fan of donuts uh, in general. It's very high fat. You know, avocados, even though, you know, has some high caloric intake, is actually a very good, uh, very good food. Mm-hmm. Passion fruit is one of my favorite. Ooh. Passion fruit, especially because it calms down the system, creates, you know, especially passion fruit uh, teas, yes. actually improve and calm down. Chamomile is an amazing a favorite of mine, chamomile tea, to just calm down your system. I'm not a fan of a lot of caffeine. Um, you know, we've definitely shown a lot of data that basically caffeine weakens the G junction between the esophagus and the stomach, and therefore reflux gets created. That's why you have that person that drinks four cups of coffee, gets heartburn. I'm not a fan of a lot of peppermint. You know, the person that eats five, you know, containers of peppermints and then gets heartburn, that's from the peppermint. <laughs> you know i'm not a fan of high fat diet um you know if you're having a couple of chili dogs and pizza or a whole pizza it's probably not a good idea right i mean it's common sense right people that are that live longer are healthier they exercise they eat right they're happy spirited right that's that look at sweden i mean that's that's our role model here like what are the cases in the last week zero covid in sweden right So, so that's what we need to start thinking of, like getting back to healthy, happy, you know, we tend to drive everywhere in America. We're not walking as much. We need to start walking. Maybe park your car at the end of the parking lot to go to Walmart so you can get those extra steps to go to Walmart, you know?
0: Exactly right. Um, You did talk about it a little bit earlier, but microbiome transplant, I know that's something that you've really been involved in for a very long time. Who qualifies for for microbiome transplant?
1: Right now in America, uh, who qualifies for microbiome transplant is people with clostridium difficile. So if you have diarrhea and clostridium difficile, call your doctor and say, I'd like to have a microbiome transplant. So the doctors are allowed to do microbiome transplant. Now they will either use a family member that they test the stools. And actually we have a whole list of uh, of and I I will show you uh, quickly. (laughs) This is a whole list. Oh, I don't think you can see it, but anyway, this is, it's a whole list of blood work. We do stool studies to make sure the microbiome is safe to give to, to the patients. So we can either pick a family member. So typically for me, I pick the wife or the husband. If the husband has C. diff, I'll pick the wife. If we do not find a spouse or a child, et cetera, then there are stool banks out there that are very accredited that I trust. You know, I'm uh, a big, I like Dr. Kurutz. He has a foundation called Achieving Cures Together. He's University of Minnesota. I trust his microbiome. I've tested it in my lab. It's pure good stuff. I mean, he gives me like the Greek goddesses microbiome. So, and he's a physician. So he does the whole questionnaire and he knows who are his donors. So I tend to trust physicians that are basically batching the donors, um, more than the whole world of, you know, what's coming of fecal material in the capsule. <laughs>
0: sure. What, um, all right. Another question, spicy foods. I feel like spicy foods give people issues all the time. Is that if, if you are spicy or what's the, what's the reasoning? I think
1: that? it's probably because, and I, this is like, you know, obviously anecdotal, but, uh. I think it's probably because their microbiome is just not used to the spicy food. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to find out, you know, you look at a person that eats that's from Mexico that eats a lot of jalapenos and they're fine, right? But then you eat a lot of jalapenos and you're from wherever, Sweden, for example, and you're not <laughs> used to that. I think your microbiome is probably not used to that. So, you know, if you look at your comfort food, right? So my comfort food, my family is like Morocco, Spain, Germany, Germany. So I can of Italy, Greece, so that's my mutt. You know, I'm kind of a mutt. <laughs> so if I, my comfort food is actually tzatziki, which is like Greek food, Ooh. Greek yogurt. My comfort food is Mediterranean diet. My comfort food is the cumin spices, the couscous, the tangine from Morocco. That's my comfort food. Now you give that to a person that was raised, um, you know, in Kansas. On meat and potatoes. And basically that's not going to be their comfort food, right? Because they're like, it's it's foreign to them. So would I change their microbiome if their family lives longer? I mean, I was just in a farm in um in uh, Virginia, polyphase farm, and they believe in regenerative farming over there. The the mother of and they eat, you know, the beef and they eat the vegetables and they eat everything that they plant. And the mom is is 97 years old, you know? I mean, there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. You have to think about maybe natural food, natural products, regenerative farming is the way to go, maybe. You know, you look at Japan, the centenaries areas, yeah. you know, where they live to 100 years old or Greece, the centenaries. And by the way, we're looking at the microbiome of all those people. So there is definitely a better microbiome in those places. But you also have to look at the quality of life over there. Mm -hmm. The foods, how they grow it, the pollution, the pesticides. Are they using pesticides or not? You know, we put pesticides on everything.
0: Live Life in Motion is brought to you by CBDMD. I am very pumped to have CBDMD as a partner. They are the most legitimate CBD company out there. All their products are THC-free. They're all third-party tested. Really, they're trusted by a lot of the best athletes in the world. I've used CBD for a long time, and their products at CBDMD are simply the best. I love their gummies. Really, there's a lot of uses for CBD. I like to use it for sleep and really any type of recovery. Um, It really can help inflammation. So, Go to their site cbdmd.com, look up some products and use promo code LIVE25 at checkout and you will save 25% off your order. So it's a pretty darn good deal. Go to cbdmd.com, use promo code LIVE25 at checkout and start living healthier. What about your microbiome health affecting your mood? Your your laughter, yes, 100%. your happiness.
1: So, yes, so I know I've talked to a lot of my colleagues, so we created what's called the Biome Squad, doctors playing with stools, because forever we were, oh, these doctors are playing with stools, you know, uh, to make money. And we're like, first of all, we're not getting paid by Medicare. Medicare doesn't have a code to do this procedure, right? Like it's not covered. So you have to either, you know, the patient pays for it, or somehow you do it for free at the hospital and the hospital subsidizes. So a lot of these doctors have figured out ways to do fecal transplant, or microbiome transplant on these patients to achieve a cure. But one thing, so we all came together as the biome squad because you're not gonna tell us to stop doing what we do to practice medicine to help a patient, right? We went into medicine to help patients, so we all came together as a microbiome um, leading experts that do fecal transplant and educate people, educate the world of the Malibu Microbiome Conference meeting because we wanted people to understand where we're at in the microbiome space. There's a lot of misinformation. People are finding these stool tests, they're doing it, they're buying these probiotics. That may not be the right solution for them. That could be dangerous. So we. Instead of keep on fixing problems, we join forces to be a voice um, in the microbiome space. When we joined forces together, we started talking at these meetings. Well, what have you been seeing? And, you know, Dr. Sahil O'Connor, I remember, said to me from Mayo Clinic, said, well, you know, I'm working with chronic urinary tract infections, and it's a game changer for that. And then, you know, Dr. Barodi worked on Parkinson's on a couple patients. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, that may be an option. Uh, Colleen Kelly worked on alopecia areata. She saw change of hair. Two people that were bald with alopecia areata got microbiome transplant for their C. diff, and they improved and grew hair. Something changed in the microbiome. All of us have those stories of suicidal patient, miserable Given the microbiome of the wife who is happy, bubbly, and all of a sudden is no longer suicidal and is happy. We've all had those stories. I mean, I have one patient myself um, that was C-diff. He had psoriasis, chronic urinary tract infection, suicidal. He kept going in and out of the hospital for multiple surgeries for his bladder When really nobody looked at the microbiome, when we looked at the microbiome in this patient, we noticed his Shannon index, which is the Shannon of diversity, was 3.4. We gave him a transplant from University of Minnesota, who had a Shannon index of 6.3. A a month later, his Shannon index was 6.4, matching the donor. But not only did he match the donor with the fact that his C. diff is gone, His psoriasis improved. His chronic urinary tract infection improved. This is one case, right? But it's one case that's like a Martian. You see a Martian and you say, there's life on Mars. Mm -hmm. Those cases are the N of one that bring on clinical research. It's that finding of, wow, I put an agar plate with a bacteria and I put uh, an apple that's molded and the mold of the apple went on the agar plate and killed the bacteria. That's that finding, right? Where you go, wow, this Mm -hmm. is something's changing, right? So when we looked at the microbiome in this, and by the way, he was happy, non-suicidal. This patient is cured for C. diff for two years, Wow, two years. It's pretty impressive. So I think this is what happens that basically tells us, um, you know, we're on the right path and we need to evaluate the right path. Um, so that's it. What,
0: if I wanted to test my microbiome, is there something I could do?
1: So we are right now in a, you'd have to join a clinical trial.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we are basically. For Sign disease. me up. <laughs> well, the, the thing, yeah. So we have to get fun. So it's kind of tricky, right? Because. Each one of these samples at the level that we do them is $1,500 it cost us wow. to do. Because we don't, so when we do genetic sequencing, we have an option. You can look at the microbiome on the surface, right? Which is basically the surface of the microbes or you can go super deep into the microbiome and look at the species. We look at the species because that's our interest. Our interest is what bacteria is relatively abundant that's causing this patient's autism or Parkinson's or Alzheimer. And it's not necessarily one bacteria. We're showing in COVID, it's actually a group of multiple bacteria that are altered with COVID. Now, whether COVID caused those bacteria to be altered or something happened that the microbiome was low to begin with and the virus penetrated. Remember, if your microbiome is not solid and diverse, you, bacteria viruses penetrate right? Because there's room. There's, it's called, it's rent, free rent in the (laughs) colon, right? So if you all of a sudden have a building that has a ton of vacancies, well, you know, people are going to start coming in. There's room, right? It's the same thing in the colon. If you've got microbes that have left their spot and now have left vacancies in your colon, viruses are going to penetrate. Fungus are going to penetrate. Candida, you know, all that. So it's all about the balance but more importantly remember bacteria is much bigger than a virus. So bacteria if it's taking the space in your colon that's your that's your stool sample in your toilet. That's your health. So you don't even have to like do an expensive $1500 test to know you're healthy. You know from your bowel movements, you know from your health. You listen you've been surviving COVID um and you're doing your vitamins so i'm whatever you're doing you're doing great right you're happy you're smiling you're having good bowel movements what else is there in life right all
0: right i'm on a good path there you go all right so thank you so much for joining me and as we're closing today um i would love to for you to tell people where they can find out and get more information about what you're doing
1: so they should read the book on amazon let's talk sh shit yeah let's talk shit because i i wrote it for everybody to understand the microbiome i didn't want to make it scientific too scientific i wrote it very simplistic Mm -hmm. for people to understand so that's your bible right now your microbiome 101 is let's talk shit the second book is actually regenesis that i wrote with dr sheldon jordan who is the head of uh of neurology at ucla from ucla and usc um, genius neurologist top of his field and we're working on Parkinson's together and MS and ALS microbiome transplant and seeing how he can fix the brain I fix the gut so we're speaking at all these meetings so Regenesis is the second book on Amazon uh, people can get the vitamins if they want but they are welcome to go anywhere I'm not here to sell anybody to any anything to anybody and the last thing I want is I'm, I is basically to be looked upon as a salesperson I'm not All I'm selling is research and